Hello, I'm Evan Novi Williams. I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where two-thirds of we (laughs) explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Scott Sosnick. Our partner, he is off. Today. Yeah, so listeners out there, if you're if you're looking for youth youth hockey updates, uh, you, you've come to the wrong <laughs> podcast, unfortunately. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, though. Let's talk about the uh, Carolina Panthers. First of all, are they going to move their headquarters and their training facility? Yeah, one of the big questions facing uh, hedge fund billionaire David Tepper when he bought the team last year uh, was what what the team was going to do with its with its practice facility, how much money he wanted to put into it. Uh, it's clear they need a new facility. Uh, the the big question now is where is that facility going to go? Uh, as you know, the Panthers play in uh, in Charlotte right now, which is North Carolina, just kind of over the border in South Carolina. And South Carolina is courting the Panthers. You know, so there's some some question right now as to whether if they build this new facility, is it going to be in North Carolina? Is it going to be in South Carolina? So there could be a whole brand new stadium in South Carolina. Uh, let me put it this way, not in Charlotte. Let me put it that way. Yeah, exactly. And this makes sense. I mean, we've talked so much on this show about sports teams becoming real estate companies, right? You know, the the practice facility right now is right next to Bank of America Stadium in right. downtown Charlotte. If you move that out, you suddenly have a lot of land that you can play with. David Tepper is a smart man. He understands land in downtown Charlotte. You can put in an entertainment district. You can put in retail. You can put in restaurants. You know, there's a lot of opportunities you can do to develop the land around that stadium if you suddenly have uh, a couple acres pop up. And then two, uh, just like Dallas has done, the Dallas Cowboys down in Frisco, Texas, which is about 40 miles away from their stadium, you can create kind of a second hub for your team. Right. If you develop a practice facility somewhere else and then, you know, just like we're talking about in Charlotte, maybe put in some 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 retail, put in some hotels, put in a, a theater or whatever it is. You can suddenly have kind of two areas where your team is tremendously popular, where you own, you're making money off of the properties that are there. Um, and that may end up being in South Carolina. Now, here's if you're writing the pros and cons list. This is on the con side. Because first of all, in Charlotte, obviously you have the NBA team, sure, yeah, which is uh, a big draw. And yes, I'm going NASCAR. That's right. Not <laughs> far. We made it <laughs> two minutes in. <laughs> yeah, about two minutes into this thing, uh, they're not far from Charlotte. So, so why move when you have that connection? I mean, money, right? I mean, that, that's the big thing. The we've seen this so many times from Amazon shopping its HQ two all the way through. You know, name a professional team that wants to get a new stadium if you have multiple jurisdictions essentially bidding for uh for your services in terms of tax breaks land deals cheap land etc uh you're going to end up with a better deal right so so if you're the carolina panthers you can talk to charlotte or whoever it is in north carolina you can also talk to you know uh, the uh, some of the towns across the border in south carolina and say listen you know the charlotte's offering me x tax break uh, what are you going to give me uh, if I move down to South Carolina? Uh, so it's a it's a playbook that gets used all the time. And if people are curious, the Charlotte Observer did a good story on this recently. Um, but you know the 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 ability to play multiple places off of each other is likely going to end up with a a sweetheart deal of a sort 
for the Panthers. Don't forget that when you know when when the Cowboys started their their facility down in Frisco, I think Frisco put up the 115 right. million dollars to start that. Right, so uh, you can end up if if you if you play your cards wisely, you can end up with a tremendous deal uh, and a big financial package to jumpstart uh, whatever you're building. So Tepper might be reading his new book, Build It, and they will come. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart man. I think he uh, the the 2.3 billion that he put into the Panthers is not the only investment he's going to make, but he's going to do it wisely. Another topic, NBC Sports, the trademarking sports betting. Yeah, it's funny. The, uh, the this this broke a couple days ago. NBC uh, buying domain names, uh, possibly for for a launch into sports betting. You know, the domain names NBCSportbook.com and NBCSportsSportbook.com. They also bought non.com versions of NBC Sports Bet. Uh, NBC Sportsbook and NBC Sports Betting. Um, you, you know that you can read the tea leaves two ways here. One is that you know they're looking to launch something, which you know wouldn't surprise me at all. You can also look at this and think it's a defensive measure. You know the reason they bought those non.coms was because people had already bought up and are squatting on the actual .coms. Um, but there's no question that if you look ahead towards 2019, one of these big stories is. The, the, the proliferation of legal sports betting in the U.S., and specifically these big companies like NBC, uh, who are certainly looking at, at getting into it. That just reminds me of that internet squatting. That, I no, hate it's to a, say it's it. A it's a big world. business. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nuts world, yeah. And the, what was the, the Brooklyn Nets, I think, had a famous one, right, where the, where yeah. the, the owner of Nets.com was just rerouting it to whatever team that the Nets were playing that night. As a way to troll the Nets to try to get them to buy it. I think the Cowboys.com sold for a lot of money to someone who had just pounced on it when he he or she could. Um, That's a crazy world, yeah. Um, but looking at the, the sports betting stuff, I mean, it it makes sense that that these companies are gonna, are, these media companies are gonna jump into it. Kind of the holy grail of sports betting is being able to show the game and have betting simultaneously next to it on the same platform, you know. And and NBC, you know, with with their tremendous amount of rights, whether it's NASCAR, whether it's English Premier League, whether it's NFL, etc. These companies have the ability to do that. The question is, what does the gambling thing look like? Uh, and I think that I, I would caution people who think that NBC is going to operate their own book, but I could certainly see a company, you know, insert DraftKings, FanDuel, William Hill, whoever, doing a white label, you know, so creating it for NBC and running it together in a partnership. There's tons of possibilities, but uh, you can you can bet your money on the fact that in the next 12 months, Companies like NBC, like Oath, Yahoo, that Verizon tie-up, they're going to get into sports betting in some direct way. And people shouldn't be surprised about this, that a network is getting into this. I mean, CBS Sports, they have a big fantasy sports. Of course. And if you go over to London, for example, where, where the sports betting culture is is, is fully ingrained in, into into sports fandom, uh, this is something you see already. You know, Sky over there, it's a huge media network and also a huge sports book. Uh, so those things go in tandem in, in legal places around the world. No reason why the U.S. should be any different. See, now this is the next story we're talking about. This is this <laughs> is the story that I really like, and let's let's tell you what it is. It's <laughs> they have, let's say, gift baskets that have been handed out during the college bowls 
and still more to come. Yeah, the, the, every year, you know, if you're a college bowl game, you, you can create a gift basket. This year, the the the, the in kind value, it, you can go up to five hundred and fifty dollars to every player playing in the bowl game. And you know, we can save the the debate for another day about whether why there's any difference between an, a college football player getting five hundred and fifty dollars in gift cards versus the cash that that rules them un, in, in, ineligible to play. Um, but it, it's kind of become a fun way of looking at the way all these different bowl games around the country, uh, the way they use up that $550 to lure athletes. Did you look at the, I mean, did you look at the the list? Some of these things are hilarious. I mean, was, the AutoNation Cure Bowl, they played this uh, on the 15th. Uh, here's some of the things they got in their <laughs> gift basket. Uh, Holloway Force Jacket, sunglasses with carry case, Energizer Power Bank, a duffel bag, Pebble Beach Slides. I'm assuming that's like flip-flops. Flip-flops, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. That old man came out there for a second. Photos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you get a T-shirt and a cap. Compliments of Wheel of Fortune. Amazing. Yeah. There's, you know, there's fanny packs here. There's Aloha shirts. So some of the my favorite ones uh, at, at the Quick Lane Bowl, uh, which is December 26th, uh, life-size fathead decal for each player of his own likeness. <laughs> Wouldn't you love a Michael Barr, like, full-on head that you could put on the wall? Um, I knew what my sons would say. Which one's the fat head, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, some of these things are really cool. By the way, uh, as we go on and as we go to the big one in the uh, BSC Championship, uh, they don't discuss business at the dinner table because they didn't reveal. Yeah, it's funny. The yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't put it out. Um, the other thing you're seeing a lot in here is, is, is gift suite. Uh, you know, so it's becoming very common to, to bring these players. They do this at the Super Bowl a lot as well. Um, to bring these players into a room that has a lot of different options, and they essentially have a, a set amount of things they can get, and they walk around and and pick it. Uh, personalized bobblehead of each student uh, for the college football playoff semifinal, the one between Al- Alabama and Oklahoma. Uh, the military bowl giving out a Dell mobile projector. Ooh. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Do you see what they gave out in the Citrus Bowl? No. It was just a four hundred dollar. Best Buy gift card. See, I think that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the, another one, one of my favorites, the uh, the Belk Bowl, uh, which is a department tor- store down in Charlotte. They give a shopping spree to uh, to players every year. And I don't know if you remember this, but an Arkansas player a couple of years ago got caught shoplifting oh, during yeah. the shopping spree. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. I'm like, don't wreck it for the rest of us. Amazing. Man. Yeah, and a lot of these, a lot of the things in these gift baskets come from bowl sponsors, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll use that to tee up. Uh, the guest we have coming up uh, on Thursday of this week, who is the uh, executive director of the Fiesta Bowl, who talked a bit about PlayStation, which is their main sponsor, uh, which is also playing a role in their gift basket, uh, which people should listen to because it, it, it shocked me. By the way, what is a, a DOP kit? Uh, I, that's a toiletry bag, I think, I believe. That's <laughs> Thank what you, that Tipton. is? Yeah. Why would um, you just say a toiletry bag? <laughs> because DOP kit sounds uh, more official. Okay. <laughs> would you would you use a Texas Bowl uh, uh, belt buckle? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I yeah. think so too. Yeah. yeah there's to there's there's there. cowboy hats here. The uh, by the way, the Cheez It Bowl I think to me is the is the takes the cake on all this. Um, this is this is the full Cheez It Bowl uh, gift basket. The fossil watch with engraved case back, JBL Bluetooth speaker, Bago cornhole set, a Yeti cooler, <laughs> a Yeti Rambler, dry duffel bag. A roomy reveal court bag. I have no idea what that is. Branded Bills cap and a Dollar Shave Club starter set. 
What, what more could a college athlete want <laughs> than those nine or ten things right there? Well, hey, man, you are our gift basket, man. Just to let you know. Uh, this has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Evan Novi Williams. We miss you, Scott. Yep. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Mike Neely, the executive director of the Fiesta Bowl, talking gift baskets and the business of college football's playoffs. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on... <laughs> that makes me think of... Remember The Godfather, by the way? Monday, Tuesday, Saturday. <laughs> uh, we're here Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcasts.